All right, welcome back. We have Mark Reclau, author of many bestsellers, but some that you may have heard of is 30 Days Change Your Habits. You have Love Yourself First, The Productivity Revolution, so many great books. And I was telling you, it's a perfect time to reach out to you because you're in Spain and you were just telling me most of our listeners are in the States, but Spain is on a serious lockdown right now. Yep. Still, I mean, most of Spain is already free again. So because they're, they're now de-escalating, but I'm in Barcelona and, you know, it's also Barcelona and Madrid were, were um, struck the worst by the virus and kind of New York. So we were really on strict lockdown. We still can't, I mean, we can go shopping. So now, now we are in a new phase where we can where even shops open again. But I can, for example, not go to the neighboring county to visit my girlfriend. So you really need a good reason. And they really like, I mean, there's police on the street and uh, you, nearly, you really need a good excuse. Or if not, they will, uh, they will put you a fine starting at $600, going over 3000 and even in jail if you don't behave. So it's really incredible. It's like a science fiction movie. So in the beginning of the, because Spain had, I think, the hardest lockdown on, on the whole world. So we started on the 15th of March and we could only go out to go food shopping or to go to the doctor or something like that. So two weeks ago, we were finally allowed to go out to walk, to go for walks. Even that wasn't allowed. And you really needed a good excuse to go out. And for example, police was controlling people. And if you didn't show the receipt of your supermarket, they could put you a fine. I mean, so it was tough here, but for me, it's okay. I'm here on my boat. Uh, it's, but if you have to be locked up or locked down, where better than in a marina where you have sun, you have water and everything. But it's tough. It has been tough on us. So I hope now, slowly but surely, we're going back to this famous new normal, which I hope, as I'm an optimist, that sooner or later it will be a normal normal again. Let's see. And yeah. Lots of stuff learned when you are locked up for nine weeks. <laughs> well, I definitely want to talk to you about that. When was the last time you were able to see your girlfriend then? Nine weeks ago. I mean, we Skype a lot and everything. Yeah, but physically, so I didn't, I didn't get a hug for nine weeks. And if you read my book, Destination Happiness, you know how important hugs are for us, for human yes. beings. So it's really like yesterday. It was incredible yesterday because I, as a gift, I send all the workers here who work at the port. I send them my book. And yesterday, one came to my boat and he wanted me to sign the book. And it was, and we fist bumped. And I was really like, well, man, that was the first human touch I had in nine weeks. That's kind of incredible, you know, just a fist bump because it's just a social distancing, like stay one meter away. And yeah, it was strange times. Huh? Well, and, and for reference, how far does your girlfriend live from you? Just 20 miles. So, I mean, a, a short drive. Yeah. And if you, if you can't even be driving on the road, so at some... No, no, not without a reason. So if I would, you know, I'm, I have a little bit of bad luck because I work from home. I'm a writer. She works from home. She's a, a consultant. So, so the, the rules is like, if you don't have a real good reason for something that you couldn't do from home via video conference, you can get in trouble. So we didn't risk it also because she works for me. And we, I could have said, well, we have to see each other, but really no you know like yeah. if they would like stick a little bit if they would like check a little bit no we we do, can do it all with video conference so that's our our disadvantage being so for me it was like 
while they were de-escalating, you know, people who have kids could go out, people who have dogs could go out. And I'm like, and what about writers that work from home? We can't go out, right? And that's just the way it is. So it's a little bit unlucky also, but hey, I mean, on the other hand, in China, after the lockdown, the divorce rates went up. So I think we are, we are good. <laughs> that's a good thing. It's funny, my wife and I were talking about that. We were like, I wonder what's higher, the the divorce rate or the engagement rate? Yeah, right. Yeah, There's, yeah, yeah. Some people reacted positively to this and a lot of people reacted negatively. Absolutely. I think this, I, it's so funny because it's, you know, we maybe, I don't know you in the US, but many people have to put on their masks now, right? But on yes. the other hand, this, this virus really took off our masks. So because we could really see the truth. So we could see people, maybe neighbors that we thought that were cool guys, now they're spying on us, you know, or people that we, yeah. we thought they are super optimistic. We see they are full of fear. Also, I think in, in couples, many, of course, if couples didn't work well before, well, they saw it, you know, because sometimes I know I was in a bad relationship, but I was at work 10 hours a day. Who cares? You know, you come home, you watch TV two hours and you can on, go on like this forever. But if you are together, then it's difficult. And so for, for us, we would also have been gotten along very well if we would be together, but it's like really the thing, it, it opens, it shows you the ugly truth. You know, it, it will show to them partnerships through the relationships that work well, they will probably go out better out of this crisis, but there will also many, be many relationships that will break because it's uh, just, you know, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's tough if you're not you mean luckily my wife and I are pretty accustomed to working on top of each other all the time. So it was pretty much the norm for us. But you know, we, we were on a long walk yesterday and we passed someone who is pretty overweight. And this is kind of where I wanted to go with you. I think for a lot of people this was an opportunity to create some new habits. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, it was an opportunity to sit down and watch a lot of Netflix. Oh, yeah. So I want to kind of ask you about that. I mean, hopefully, like you said, we're moving towards that new normal and eventually the normal normal. So we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But who knows? We can see this happen again in the future. No one knows anymore. Yeah. With your expertise and your knowledge and, and all of your studies, what has been the biggest differentiator between people that have taken this time and said, I'm going to be productive and make some positive changes. And those that are just like, this is terrible. I'm laying on my couch. Yeah. I think it's always the same. You know, it doesn't, so they're optimists and pessimists. And when, if you're a pessimist, it's easier to give up. Right. I think this thing was a very strange thing because in the beginning of the pandemic, I also thought like, you know, now we also have, now we finally have the time to do everything. We always say we don't have time for. So on one hand, this was awesome. And there was in the beginning, I don't know if you saw it, there was this typical post to say, like, if you come out of this pandemic without a new ability, you didn't have just no time, you were just lazy. And I thought, no, that's not true because this is something incredible. So this, this pandemic is exactly that. And I told to people that asked me, I said, look, if you want to acquire new habits, this is a fantastic time. I mean, you can really, you may, you can, practice getting up early, you have time to write in your diary, you have time to write down the gratitude. But even for me in the beginning, I was like in shock. I mean, I think the first six weeks of the pandemic, I was like more unproductive than ever. Because there was just, I was just too distracted, you know, too many things going on. 
shock. So I, so I can also understand people who weren't productive. So I also came to the conclusion, if you remember how we were before, you know, I think many people were just too stressed. And for these people, maybe just getting like a break, just taking a break and not going running from seven in the morning to eight in the evening can also be good. So I will not judge. I think it's awesome for people. If you want to, I don't know, better time to learn new habits, but also not a better time to relax. And then it comes back to the personal uh, decision and responsibility of each one of us. So I slacked also a little bit, I have to tell you. But of course, my excuse was, hey, I'm so disciplined. I was working so hard for four years. I'm a little, I'm, I deserved it, right? But I still needed to look to not slack off too much, you know, because it's easy. Once you, as same as you can get good habits, you can get bad habits. And then later, if you get the bad habits, it's difficult, more difficult to get rid of them. So. I, I agree with you. I think, especially at first, I was like, this is great time to relax. And then it was like, okay, because we also thought it might be two weeks. Exactly. You know, and then it, it's going on. It's three weeks. It's a month. And you're like, I can't just get lazy. I can't just gain. I mean, even my nutrition, I was being relaxed on. And then, you know, probably about a month ago, I was like, I need to get back in my routine. And while I've been relaxed and maybe I'll sleep in, I don't get up as early anymore because I'm not, because I have more time. That's Other it. things I've mean, what like you said, my journaling has improved. You know, I walk every day, five or six miles, which I wasn't doing. So now, now the question becomes, because hopefully there is the light at the end of the tunnel. If we were talking two months ago, different set of questions. But right now, we're starting to hopefully move back towards the new normal. What are some of your best practices, pieces of advice for people that made these changes and now they have to go back to work or now, you know, or they're going to leave the house again. How can they continue yeah. with all these positive things while hitting normalcy again? Exactly. If they have done it, and that's the great stuff, the great thing about habits, you know, it's, once it becomes a habit, it becomes automatic and you don't have to think about it anymore, you know, and then it's, and it will be a lot easier for them. So for example, let's say somebody got up at 6.30 or at 7, did their journaling, and then they had breakfast with their family, and it was great. So after such a long time, if they have done this for four to six weeks, now they have to go back to work, it might be very much easier to continue this habit. But maybe you have to um, adjust it a little bit. Maybe you have to get up a half an hour earlier to still have this time for you to still, and, and you have noticed, you know, it's also something you have, you were not just thinking about a new habit about having breakfast quietly with your family, you were actually doing it during four or six weeks. So there's kind, it's kind emotionally uh, anchored and you want to keep on with it. So it will be easier. It will be easier to, to keep on with this habit. So all the habits that you started, it will be a lot easier to maintain them than if you would start them in this stressy uh, work life. That's one thing. Second thing is if you didn't start a habit yet, you can still start it, yeah? Because we know that, I mean, in habit implementation, the, the most difficult time is maybe the first 10 days, depending on the habits, but normally the first 10 days, you need a lot of discipline. You need a little bit more of discipline. After 10 days, it's not so difficult anymore because you're already, mm, getting used to it, to the new habit. 
And then after day 20, it's probably automatic and you don't even have to think about it anymore. You know, the walk, you just know you go for a walk. It doesn't matter if the sun shines or if it rains or if you want to or if you don't want to, you just go. And that's the great thing about a habit because when, once it's automatic, all the excuses go away. All the, the worries, well, I don't know, you know, maybe, I, no, you just do it. And that's one of the uh, yeah advantages and what you said before, I think really the the difference between people who, who could acquire some more habits and couldn't, it's also a bit, a bit of mindset, you know, it's like, because you told it, you needed to discipline yourself. I needed to discipline myself. Uh, it doesn't come easy. Habit change is not easy. Nothing is easy. And you need a little bit of, yeah, how you say it, um, uh, willpower. You need a little bit of willpower to, to get in that. And also, I think it has also to do with self-reflection because also we know it. You know, just the, the thing that we recognized, that we noticed, who I'm going a little bit too, I'm like drifting apart from the, from the way of discipline, that already being aware of it is already, you, you, you nearly won the battle. Because when you really like drift away, you don't even notice it. But because like a habit is also, it's going in small steps. It's not that you, you become lazy from today to tomorrow. It's a process. And and becoming unlazy, making good habits, again, it's also not from today to tomorrow. It's a, it's a process. It's one step, one day after another. Um, as many days as possible, repeating this desired behavior. And that's how you build it. And mindset yeah. is a huge thing, yeah. Well, and a couple of things you just said. So for me, I know when I'm trying to build a new habit during this, so a couple of things that I started to do were, um, you know, reading more, journaling more, and like something simple, a cold, I do a cold shower every morning. And for me at first, I use some sort of app tracker, you know, even if it's just a reminder on my phone or a specific app. And then I realized at some point, I don't need that anymore. Exactly. It's a habit. You yeah. know, I wake up every morning and I take my cold shower. So typically, you know, like you say, it takes some time to develop that. Have you found that there's an amount of time it takes to lose a habit, a good habit? No, but it goes quite quickly. I think it's more, it goes quicker than to learn it. <laughs> First of all, but then I think another thing is once you had a habit and you lose it, the second time around, it will also be easier to get the habit again because you're in your brain, you already have this pathway. So that's the thing. So uh, also the losing the habit, I think, because we don't count the days, right? We don't, we count the days. How long does it take to get a new habit? But we never count this. Oh man, suddenly just one day we notice, oh, I'm, work, I'm, I'm watching a little bit too much Netflix. Yeah? But it's not, it's again, it's not happening one day. It's like since two weeks I'm, I'm watching five hours. That's the problem. But in the beginning, you didn't notice it. I also wouldn't give a lot of attention to it. I mean, always concentrate on your goals. Don't concentrate. When you, when you notice that you lost the habit, try to, to get your good habit as... Um, back as, as soon as possible. And what you said, I mean, good habits now is like definitely gratitude. I think that's an awesome habit. It's easy, doesn't cost a lot, and it's really one of the most impactful habits. And then what you said, because even I notice it, and it's exactly what I do. When I want to do a new habit and I'm, I just forget it a couple of days, I will also do a tracker. Not from my phone, I do it. I'm old school, so I do like an Excel sheet or whatever, but it really helps. It doesn't matter if it helps us to get a new habit. Why not? And then exactly what you said will, will happen. 
the first few days you need a reminder and then suddenly you don't need to write because you have your ritual, you know, and it's also always very good when you do a new habit and you set it up so you have kind of a ritual. So I get up, I, I take a shower, I brush my teeth. When I make my coffee, I will have a, a glass of water with lemon before I have my coffee. And you just slip this new habit, which in this case would be glass of water with lemon. You, you put it into an already existing ritual. Then it goes better. Also be prepared, you know, so when you, when you notice that your journaling, you're forgetting it, well, put your journal on your nightboard or put it close so that you yep, have- Right there, right next to yep. me, yeah. So that and you have no, so you have to make it difficult for yourself to fail on your habits and you have to make it very easy for yourself to make the good habit. I mean, it's the same in the fridge, right? In the fridge, when you, you have to put the bad stuff far away so that when you, when you, have, when you are hungry, you got the healthy stuff is first because when we are hungry or in when we when we are stressed or whatever we always go back to default and if default is bad food we will go right to the bad food so but if we put it further away or we hide for example i don't have any chocolate or things like that i don't have it here because i know if i would have it here i would eat it so i can't even have it here right so i have the, the healthy stuff here and for people who have both, who can have both still, if you make it easier to eat the healthy stuff than to eat the unhealthy stuff. Because you will go, you cannot only trust on your habits, you have to do some security measures also, because we will always go for the easiest way. And whatever is the easiest way for us, we will do it. And, and that's interesting, because I, a lot of the things I do, I think accidentally I'm doing, for example, I'll take my journal out and put it on the bed. So next time I come by, and my wife's always like, why don't you, you know, asking me, why are these things here and there? And I'm like, because that's my reminder to do it. And and I also think that the more, more you've been doing a habit and the more it is a part of your life, the less likely it is to fall. You know, for me, for example, working out, I can take a rest day and I'm not worried tomorrow I'm not going to work out because it's just life where journaling if i skip a day i'm worried it'll spiral to three or four and i force myself to get back at it exactly so you know you're talking you're a huge proponent of gratitude and you've changed my gratitude practice after i read your book and then of course after we spoke last time it's a tough time to practice gratitude for a lot of people i mean yeah. you and i are the lucky ones you know we're we work for ourselves you know we we're, we have the ability to still do stuff out there for those that are struggling right now, what can they be doing to practice that gratitude? Because I'm a firm believer in yet you have to practice it even yeah. during the tough times. Exactly. I mean, um, ideally, you, should, you start it during the good times. And then when the bad times come, you already have. But I mean, there, when you in the bad times, in the tough times, you have to go back to the basics. You know, what can I be grateful for? I mean, maybe you have a family that supports you, uh, parents. Uh, and really, it, get, it gets so basic. And that might be cheesy, but maybe not. Because when you look at our people that die every day right now because of this virus, you can say, I'm healthy. I'm breathing. Because this is something also of the things, when I tell that, if I told that somebody five months ago, they would say, yeah, right. well. But now really for two months, we have seen, they have like 
shown us every day, I'm sure in the US it was the same in Spain, dead count, infected count, dead count. And so it's not normal. It's, it's not normal to be healthy and to be alive. And start with that, really. I mean, you have to, you have to start somewhere. And if you are alive, you're breathing, that's already a start. And from then, build it. You only need three things every day. You can repeat your family, maybe you, and, but it's always more difficult in the tough times. That's for sure. And for me, it's very difficult to give advice because I don't know how I would, you know, if I now would have no money, no savings, no family, I don't know if I would be talking about gratitude so easily. But I think it's a start, and I talked to many people that had nothing when they started talking to me. And I said the same thing. I said, look, I cannot give you an advice because I don't know what I would do in your situation, but start with gratitude. Start with gratitude. And they called me two, three, four weeks later and said, look, nothing has changed. I don't know if I'm going crazy, but I just feel more, I feel happier. I feel more optimistic. And that's exactly the benefits of gratitude. And then they dig their way out of the hole, slowly but surely. So I think there's always something to be grateful for. It's gonna get, be tough times, but what is the other alternative, you know? Stick your it's head true. in the sand. So someone's listening and they're struggling or maybe they're doing okay, and we've talked about this last time, but just to reiterate, if they wanna develop a gratitude practice, where would you tell them to begin? Every day, three th write down three things that you are grateful for. Don't make it in your head. Many people say, oh, I can do it in my head. No, write it down. It's just writing down and you know it because you're journaling. Writing down is just so much. They're a plus. Don't ask me why. Probably also because when we write something, our brain reacts differently. So just write down three things. you're, And it can be, you know, there's something I can put myself in these shoes because I was jobless. I started my gratitude practice ex actually when I was jobless, when I was making, I got $800 of jobless, like help. And that was it, you know, fired from my job. job. I, had, I had a lot of savings or quite some savings. So it's still not that bad. But I started out like with writing down like a coffee that I had in the, in the city center or at the beach, a day of good work. Now, many times I'm grateful for my mom, for my, for my girlfriend, for my friends. I'm grateful today, surely I will write down that uh, it was good to talk to, to you again after such a long time. I'm grateful to talk to Jason. I'm grateful for my, for my computer because without the computer, it wouldn't be possible. I'm grateful for my internet connection because without it, I couldn't work and things like that. So it's even, sometimes it's really sounds even stupid stuff. But the fun thing is just when I was talking about it, I get like, totally excited you know and i get like super grateful and what is important is when you are grateful feel it you know so i get really goosebumps when i'm talking about it so to put this emotion this credit grateful gratitude emotion in it because i think it just makes it even more powerful i i agree and as you're saying that i know there are people that are listening that are that want to and and maybe they're in a relationship with someone who doesn't agree or doesn't have the same mindset, what are some things we can do to help others without being that annoying gratitude person? 
a better example. I mean, uh, that's also one of the greatest things so that I discovered. So I'm very, 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 very seldomly telling people, you know, like I'm, I'm telling, of course, in every podcast because I like it. It's, I share it. I like to share it. But for example, in my family or something, I'm, not, I'm just doing it. I live by example. And I'm, I'm sure that if you are an example, you do it for you, first of all, you know, and you don't need to convince somebody. It's the same with going to the gym. So I, you could tell somebody all the time, going, go to the gym, go to the gym, and they wouldn't listen to you. But when they see you going to the gym every day and seeing what you're doing with your body, you know, and seeing then maybe sooner or later they will come. And with gratitude, it's the same thing. So it's like, it's difficult when you have somebody that doesn't have the mindset. I mean, if they don't diss you for it, you just do it yourself. Maybe you can, I mean, it gets problematic. And I had that when it happens to many entrepreneurs, when you start a business and you are with a person that is not a, that doesn't understand it and thinks you are crazy, then it gets a little bit more difficult, you know? So that's, that's why I'm divorced, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, but the thing is that still you can, so when your partner doesn't approve of it, but still you can do it for yourself and they will see the positive benefits. And then maybe they will also, because that's at the end, what you're doing, you as a coach, you're also a coach, you're living it. And people see it and they say, I want to be like Jason. That, and that's our only way we, you don't, people don't do, what you say, people do what they see you do. Yeah, and that's it's, the same thing we say inside the CrossFit box. You know, we tell people all the time, you can tell them to do this, but when you're doing something else, that's what they're going to do. And I, I agree. It's something I've, you know, with my journaling and reading a lot on Stoicism and Buddhism while we've been in this quarantine, it's been a lot of like, hey, don't just talk about it, be about it. Yeah, and when you be about it, people will, they will just, they want to be, the only way to to teach it's the only way and it's, it's great because you're doing it for yourself but when people that's how you inspire people you're doing it so you've written now i think eight books is that correct yeah eight or ten i don't yeah i think eight in the there's because i i have eight in my series and then i have like two box sets and a couple of workbooks but written and then i have another two books that are only in spanish and <laughs> so yeah but i eight i think it's like eight my my main series eight the habits the habits books and number nine is on the way all <laughs> right so, well and that's what i want to talk about too a lot of people whether it's a new book or a new project this feeling of overwhelm and how do i start and i think a lot of people would look at you and be like well that's he's an author this is what he does but without knowing your background of you did have a job and you were fired and you know, like you've alluded to, you know, you really had to start fresh. How do people start these bigger projects? You know, how do people get going if they, and book writing is a big one, especially in the CrossFit world. A lot of coaches and box owners want to start a book or, you know, want to do something. What's your advice to, to that? Okay, that's a great question because I, because I can go back in time to 2014 when I was not a writer. I was just a normal fired guy, jobless guy. And But I studied a lot of how people write books. Right first I did, I read a lot of books of people who explain how to write books and then I put it into to action. The first thing was, because it's a big myth, you always think, because in movies or something, you always see the lonely writer typing on a computer or on a typing machine with a white paper. And this is not the truth, you know. I mean, even 
I just read that even J.K. Rowling of Harry Potter, before she wrote the first word, she already know that it's going to be a seven-part series. She had it all figured out. And for me, in my books and self-help books, I also do it. So before I wrote, wrote the first word, I was two, twice, three hours sitting. It was great in a cafe in Ibiza. And I was just like plotting out what do I want to write about? What do I want to write about? And I, I wanted to make the typical book like 100 things. And I got like 210 points. And then in the real book, it's only 94 because after 94, I just couldn't anymore. But what I want to say so is the first thing is you really plot your thing out. You really, you need, you need this table of contents or whatever, you know, your points, what you are writing about. They don't have to be in order yet, but more or less. And then you start writing. And then it's also, I never was writing a book. I was writing 2000 words a day. So my, my daily writing goals was, write 2000 words a day or three hours, whatever you get hit first. So I started at six and then I mostly wrote until nine. And also in this time, research was included. So sometimes if I only wrote 1,500 words, but I did an hour of research, it was okay. Yeah, and then I just did that. And then automatically after 30, 60 days, you have a book because Usually a book with 30,000 words, is a, it's good. You know, it's also, it's not so important how many words is in there. It's more important that the, 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 the content must be good. So I write now quite short books, 25,000, but still 25,000 words. But I don't want to artificially pump them up, right? So for example, the, the Power of Gratitude, which is really... One of my favorite books, I just wanted to write this because it was so important for me and I wanted to, to share it. And it has only 13,000 words. It's a very small book. And people told me, don't write it. Don't bullshit people. It's too small. I mean, how can you do that? And I was like, no, I want this. This is, Although it's very small and not a, only 13,000 words, but there's so much power in it because I put everything in there, my heart, my soul, everything. And it's working. Because people notice that, you know, people notice that I'm not bullshitting them. People notice hey, there is a guy who just loves gratitude and he wants to tell us everything about it. And after 30,000, I mean, how much can you talk about gratitude? You know, it's also that you can't write 200,000 words about it. And then what I did is in the paperback version, I put the first 30 days, no, 90 days gratitude journal in there. So that you, because the best, as we always say, is apply. You know, reading alone is not enough. So, People who read it can already start. And in the ebook, I have a link where they can download this 30, 90 days gratitude journal. So they have a little bit about it. So back to the subject. So it doesn't matter how many words, 20, 25,000 is good. And you just every day, a thousand words, 500, what you can, half an hour, you know, because this is what will mount up. And that's how you write a book. Yeah, and I, and I think also there's something to be said about you don't want to overwhelm people. You know, if you're trying to get people to start a new habit, start small. I think there's seven lessons in your book, so it's not overwhelming. It's okay. It's attainable. I can do this. Yeah, yeah. As I could, I I would if somebody listens to us who wants to write a book, I would really uh, suggest short chapters. I think that's the secret of success of 30 days. And my other books, I'm. I'm always like having like very short, like one page chapter. And my translator from Japan who helped me a lot in developing the new books, 
he insists that I, that I only make small chapters. My newest book is called Words of Wisdom. It's like about, it's like, co like motivational quotes and then I comment them. And this is, so when I look at it, I was like, holy cow, now, or I'm getting very good or I'm just getting like banal. I don't know it yet. Depends what the reader say, because I really managed to, to say in a hundred words, to drive a point to you in a hundred, 150 words. So it gets even, my chapters get even smaller and I don't have enough feedback yet, but I'm, as I read it, I like it. So, and usually I'm okay with my opinion. So I'm not uh, too far off when I, when I think, oh, this book could sell or this book not. So what I would also say to you, small chapters, and the fun thing is, and many people tell me that it's like, normally you go to bed and you say, okay, I'm going to read one chapter. But then if it's a long chapter of 20 pages, you're like, oh my God, when does it end? I can't no more. And many people told me that they go on with my book into to bed and they say, I'll read one chapter. And I was like, oi, it's already done. Oh, another one, another one, another one, another one. And then they read the 20 pages and it's just a totally different feeling, right? So that's another tip I could give you if you can, short chapters. Well, Especially, as you said, because you don't overwhelm people. Yeah, I think for so many people, we all have short attention spans and it's getting Absolutely. shorter by the day. And I know for me, when I open a book, like the Daily Stoic or one of your books, it's like, hey, one page, I can, I can finish that. And it's no different than setting your small goals. It'll help you spiral. And then maybe in one day you read two pages, three pages, you know, everything you're suggesting, start and give yourself these little wins and give yourself the ability to be successful. Exactly. Yeah, I never looked the best book, one of the best books, the four hour work week. I never read it because just opening it because it's so thick. I open it and I'm like, I can't, I can't. And then I read other smaller books, you know, because it's just my attention span is just, I need everything very, very simple, very short. Although this is probably one of the best books. Yeah, it's, I mean, I have read it, but you're right. It's, it's, a, it's certainly more overwhelming than than other books out there that just, you know, you can chip away at. Yep. And even yep. though, even if they're the same size, just mindset is important there. Totally. So, so as we're hopefully moving towards this new normal and hopefully you can see your, you know, your girlfriend again in the, in the future, what are, what are some of the steps that you're going to put into place in order to move these habits forward and continue to show gratitude, continue to create new habits without really knowing what the future will hold? Oh, because I don't, I think I'm just doing it. You know, it's like, I'm not so gratitude. I know it's beneficial for me, no matter what time out there it is, even now in these horrible times, it was super beneficial for me because you just see the world, you know, through a different lens. For example, you know, I, I was following the whole COVID stuff a lot and I'm, but I was concentrating on the positive stories and they are stories. There are a lot of positive stories. Gratitude helps you to see those. And then the other, I mean, my walking habit, so to go for a walk in the morning and in the evening, that's ever actually improved. And I think that will stay with me because we were just allowed to walk, or in, to walk in the morning or in the evening, an hour in the morning or an hour in the evening. I'm walking an hour in the morning and in the evening, so I hope I don't get in trouble. But yeah. the thing is, it's a great, attitude and I'm getting to my 10, 12,000 steps a day, which is awesome. Before I maybe made six or 7,000, you know, so I got to, I appreciated this 
when they didn't allow you to go out and walk for a walk during eight weeks, I mean, I think for the next half a year, I will appreciate my walks a lot because they took it away from me, you know? So, and this is also has helped a lot. And I try to live on a normal life. I mean, do the social distancing. I hope I can travel soon again. If I have to put a mask in a plane, I will put a mask in a plane. Um, but I'm, and maybe I'm overly optimistic, but the fun thing is in Spain now, those parts of Spain who have opened again, because I think we have also our short attention span uh, has also the advantage we forget very, very quickly. You know? We forget very quickly. And you go to Spain, to any other uh, region in Spain today who are, who are open, where the bars have opened again, you, you look. And maybe some people have masks and so, but it looks the same like it was. So I think people, once, if we know more about the virus and if the danger is away, at least now in summer, I think people will forget it right quickly, like, like we usually do, you know? We usually for, forget stuff quite quickly. So, yeah, so I hope that, that's why I said the no, new normal hopefully gets, in my head, hopefully gets quite similar to the old normal. I mean, we will see in airports and airplanes and stuff how it's going to be. But, you know, I live in a little, little village. And I have to tell you also, apart from everybody wearing masks, not much changed, really. Because the, the shops were never full, you know. And sometimes even when, in the beginning of this, the pandemic, when we could only go out to go for a walk with the dog, to, to go shopping, everybody was at home. The first big, and I went to the city center and it looked actually more crowded than I have ever seen it during a <laughs> yeah. week. So, like on a Wednesday at 11. Why? Because normally at a Wednesday at 11, everybody was working. And this time suddenly everybody was out for the supermarket or, or going with the dog. So I was like, okay, so yeah, I think we, you know, I haven't also not been mm, infected with fear. So that's the thing because as, as a coach, one of the biggest things that I learned was always like, go for the facts, go for facts, because fear, I mean, fear is always there. Whenever you want to do something new, when every book I write, fear is there and tells me how shitty my book is. And then I have to say, well, come on, fear. You're trying it every time again, but you won't make it. So I look at the facts and when you look, at, when I looked at the numbers and everything, there was always, it was not as bad as, as the media put it at least in the numbers well some numbers were fake the chinese numbers were probably fake i didn't know that by that time so but when you take away fear and you can get more clarity everything gets easier and i think that also a lot of things that are happening are just because of fear you know i have you know here over there there's a beach it's like 500 yards um like broad you know so there's you might see two people there when you go out there. And when I see somebody with a mask there, I'm like, that's fear. Because it's impossible that on a 500-yard beach where there are two or three people, we infect each other. If right. we are 100 yards away from each other. So that's a little bit of thing. And I'm trying to rationalize things like that and always say, okay, where is danger? Danger is real. Fear is not always real. Mostly it's not real. And then we have to distinguish when is it, yeah. when is fear, when does fear, when do you need fear to consult you? 
when does fear need to be a, a red light or a yellow light? But in business, questions for example, fear for me is always a green light. When I get afraid, I'm like, oh, you are onto something. So, and that's, wow, that was a long monologue about a, an easy question you made to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. I think there's that famous quote about we suffer more, you know, in our imagination than we do in reality. And for a lot of people, that's exactly what this is. And I think because you have such a strong gratitude practice, yeah. it allows you to stay positive throughout this, which is just another reason. You know, once this ends, if you haven't started a practice, prepare yourself for the future so you're not afraid and you, you always can look to the positives. That's something I, it's great that you're reminding me because that's something I always wanted to say when I'm, I get interviewed now a lot about something. So like, you know, now, right now, maybe we can't do a lot, but one of the, because it's, it hit us. But what I am, in my mind was in the beginning, so okay, for me, this is a dress rehearsal. Yeah, okay, there is the situation. Maybe we are lucky, we, can, we dodged a bullet, you know, maybe it's not as bad as we thought in the beginning, but prepare yourself for the next time. Where do you, so for me, it's like I'm asking myself, where do I wanna be in five years, for example, or where, how do I want, and I'm lucky because for me, my personal crisis came six years ago. So I built up my, my writing business, so I'm okay now. I'm so in my life, nothing changed, actually, because most, a normal day, I'm also locked up in my boat six, <laughs> 11 hours and just going one hour shopping. So for me, for writers, it's actually, we are like, well, we prepared for this the whole time. But still, I think, okay, where do I want to be the next time? Stock up. Maybe I should stock up a little bit my so yeah, food for two months, you know, when, because when you saw... I mean, I don't know how it was in the U.S., but if you saw the toilet paper situation here in Europe, when this started, I was like, why is everybody buying so much toilet paper? Can yeah. you eat that? Is there some... El but when you think then, okay, if there's a, a bigger crisis coming and food would be like that, you know? So I think I always, I'm not living only in happy world. I'm always like analyzing and like, hmm, if people get like this with toilet paper, how will they behave when there's no food or only limited food? And I also really, even for my situation, I'm thinking in which country do I want to be next time? Because I'm not happy what Spain did to me. And also now when all Europe is like releasing, because you know, in Europe, we were like two weeks ahead of you in the US. So all Europe is opening up and in Spain, they still keep us locked in. And you are like, I said, I don't want to have that anymore. So I'm really actually looking at countries, which countries do dealt well with the COVID crisis. Sweden and small countries, Malta, Cyprus, and that influences in, in my, in my well, mind. Well, I think what, what you're saying is, you know, the, the, the idea of practicing gratitude is important. The idea of creating habits is important, but at the end of the day, you also need to be rational and, and smart and think about things. Yeah, and have goals, you know? I mean, the, 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 the practice of goal setting it's also one of the greatest practices for me because even if you don't reach all your goals and, or even if your goals now seem totally out of reach, if you do an exercise, like where do you want to be in 10 years, you know? And it's not like, what do you think is possible for you in 10 years? It's like, no, what do you want in 10 years? Because 10 years is a long time. And I made this exercise seven years ago and I really, and I was poor. I didn't have anything. I said, well, I want a boat. I want a house. I want a car. I didn't have all that. I want one book, I said. And now seven years have passed. And I said, oh, wow. 
I'm, I'm missing 20% of those goals. And the, the only thing I'm missing is I said, I want to be financially independent. I'm working on that, but all the other stuff I got. So goal setting is also very important. Like, where do I want to be in five years and 10 years? And what I found out in my practice of goal setting, because again, you're writing it down, you are accountable, you can check. So I noticed that every year, I, I, like, I achieved like half of my goals. But then it was okay, because it was a lot, of, a lot better than not having goals. Yeah. And then you get a security, because you say, okay, now for three years I was achieving half of my goals. Well, chances are this year again, I will reach the half of those goals. So, and so you make your goals, and I always have like one or two really stretch goals. And then I, and then I say, well, maybe I will reach it because I, maybe it's part of the 50% I reach. And then when you do it, that's the nice thing when you have a practice and it goes over years. For me, there came a moment when it was not a question anymore if I reach a goal, but when. And that's awesome, really, because I never had that before. And when you just, when this, when the doubts go away and you just put a goal, and say, okay, when? And you even know that this can change. And maybe in two years, it's not a goal of you anymore. But if it is still a goal, you will reach it. And that's also, I think yeah, this vision, vision, you need vision also for the future, no matter what the, what the future will be, but for you. And then life will put you there, you know, or the reality will show you if it's possible or not, but you need to have a vision for yourself. Well, I think it's kind of like being, you know, attacking life versus, versus letting life attack you. Exactly. I love it. Super positive. You get me fired up every time I hear from you, every time I see your posts. I want to make sure people know where to check you out. They can check you out on your website, markricklau.com, and you can see all of your books. You're on social media. Anywhere else or anything else you'd like to, to add to this before we hop off? I'm everywhere. Uh, because there's only two Mark Recklaus, one with a C, so my Mark with a C, R-E-K-L-A-U. And as always, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. And whenever you call, I'll be there. I can just tell you that. And I hope next year we can see each other in Naples, or do you not come back to Naples? You know, we'll we, yeah, we'll be, we will definitely be in and out. So hopefully by next year, I'll see you there. Yeah, exactly. And if not, I, I've never been in, in Colorado, so... Man, I got, once they let us travel, I will travel a lot. I can tell you that because that's also another thing what I miss most, traveling. Traveling is that's so me. enriching. You will love it here. So you're welcome anytime. Thanks. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at besthouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.